ตจักรนิวโฮปอินเตอร์เนชันแนลเมืองซีแอตเทิลรัฐวอชิงตันสหรัฐอเมริกามีความยินดีต้อนรับท่านเราเชื่อว่าคำสอนของอาจารย์ในแพทย์วรุณเลาหะประสิทธิ์จะเป็นที่หนุนใจและเปลี่ยนแปลงชีวิตของท่านเพราะองค์พระวิญญาณบริสุทธิ์ตรัสกับท่านผ่านการสอนนี้เราเชื่อว่าท่านจะได้รับพระพรและกำลังจากพระเจ้าท่านสามารถทำสำเนาคำสอนเพื่อแจกจ่ายแก่มิสหายได้หากมิได้เพื่อประโยชน์เชิงการค้าAnd we can approach the Father through Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for us. But the God, who Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But the God who brings all the good things from heaven to you and me on earth is the Holy Spirit. That's why Ephesians chapter five verse eighteen say, "Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead." Be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is a command. This is not a request. This is not a baking word. He command: be filled with the Holy Spirit. The more Holy Spirit we have, the more good thing from heaven will come on us, and we can flow on the earth here with the things of heaven. He represent heaven. How many people want more thing from heaven? How many people want more strength? How many people want more good memory, more good health, living a long life, more wisdom, more power? You want it? Who give that to you? God through who? Through the Holy Spirit. That's why our church love the Holy Spirit. That's why I go banana for the Holy Spirit. Because if I don't move in the Spirit. I am cheating my members. I am stealing the blessing from my members. I'm not a shame of the Holy Spirit. If people don't like me because I love the Holy Spirit, it's too bad. You can leave the church. I don't care. I'm not fearing man. I have the fear of God in my heart. I rather follow the Holy Spirit, not man. Man is not the answer for me. The Holy Spirit is the answer for me. In the Old Testament, not everybody has the Holy Spirit. Only somebody. With a special task, like priest, king, or some workers who built the tabernacle, or the prophet. But after Jesus died on the cross, the veil between the holy of holies and the holy place was torn into two, and the Holy Spirit came out. But now we are in the New Testament time that we can have the Holy Spirit live on the inside of us if we are born again Christians. We can have the Holy Spirit inside us. The Holy Spirit is inside us, but not only that. He wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come on us and fill us again, again, and again. And the first time you are filled with the Holy Spirit, 
the Bible used the terminology baptism with the Holy Spirit. The word baptism means to immerse. When you immerse something under the water, that object will be filled with water, soak in and fill around the object because it immerses in the water. So God say, I want you to be immersed in the Holy Spirit with the river of life. God want to fill you, immerse you in the Spirit. That is the first time you're filled with the Holy Spirit. But after that, you should keep being filled with the Holy Spirit again and again and again so that you will have the measure of the Holy Spirit increase in your life. How many people put the gas in your tank, in your car, gas tank, only once a year? Raise your hand up. You're going to be stuck on the freeway if you don't put the gas in the gas tank on a regular basis. Is that right? The gas tank will eventually be empty. In the same way, our life, we need to be filled again, again, and again so that this gas tank will be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need that. We can be filled with the Holy Spirit while we are worshiping at home. When you worship God at home, spend devotion time, the Holy Spirit fill you. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit while you're reading the Bible. One time, Pastor Dao was reading the Bible and suddenly the Holy Spirit came on her. She saw the letter in the Bible, jump out of the Bible like this, and she got drunk in the Holy Spirit. She was filled with the Holy Spirit. There's the letter in the Bible uh, keep jumping out and she said, wow, this is amazing. God filled me with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can fill you while you are praying. You may be praying in tongue. I remember I went to Malaysia for the pastoral meeting many years ago and I could not sleep because of jet lag. I went into the restroom to pray because I don't want to wake up another pastor who slept on the bed. That pastor came from Asia, so he did not have any jet lag. I went into that restroom and knelt down and prayed and spent time with God. And suddenly the Holy Spirit filled me. I got drunk in the Holy Spirit in the restroom in the hotel because I was so hungry for God. God can fill you anywhere if you're hungry for Him. You keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now I want to talk about what is the benefit? What are the benefits actually? Many benefits. We can talk about this only a little bit tonight because of the time limit. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, what happened to us? What happened? One thing that we can see from the Bible, what the Holy Spirit can give to us. And this thing that I'm going to talk about here, you cannot buy with money. And it can really help you in your job, in your being a husband, being a wife, being a daddy and mommy, being in, at your job, in your driving time, anytime. You need this blessing from God. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 9. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. I forgot to mention, another way to be filled with the Holy Spirit is that you have the leader who is filled with the Holy Spirit lay hand on you. Actually, if you read or study the book of Acts carefully, the early church disciples were filled with the fire and the Holy Spirit in the upper room while they were worshiping. No one lay hand on them. 
after that Acts chapter 8 Acts chapter 10 Acts chapter 19 again and again the early church disciple were filled with holy spirit by the laying on of hands in fact Paul right after he was born again he went to the house of Ananias and the bible say Ananias lay hand on him and he was filled with the holy spirit so the laying on of hand is another way that God uses in the Bible, in the New Testament church, to fill his people with the Holy Spirit. Moses had laid his hand on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. You can see that when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you receive one gift from heaven, the gift of wisdom. You will have supernatural wisdom. I'm not talking about intellect. You can have PhD from university, but you are so dumb and make wrong choices and get into trouble. But wisdom is from above, from heaven. And when you have wisdom, you can understand what is going on. When people talk to you, you will have understanding and you can tell the root of the problem. This is how I practice neurosurgery. When my patient talk to me, when I look at the MRI or CT scan, right away, I stir up the Holy Spirit inside me. I need the wisdom from God to understand the problem that caused that symptom so that I can fix the problem correctly. Wisdom gives you supernatural understanding. Wisdom guides you what to say, what not to say when to say it and when not to say it. Or maybe keep your mouth shut. Sometime when my wife was not happy with me, the Holy Spirit tell me, keep your mouth shut. Don't say anything. And eventually, she's happy. <laughs> keep your mouth shut. Or sometime the wisdom is, hey, slow down your car. The police is out there. Otherwise, you're going to get the ticket. The wisdom tell you where to go, how to go there, when, what to say in that situation. I love wisdom. This is the way I live. When people talk to me about something, I, I, at least I love, the Bible say, quick to listen and slow to speak. I understand now why the Bible say, quick to listen and slow to speak. Because when you listen to people, people talk to you. I hook up to the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. And I start to listen to the Holy Spirit. And He gives me wisdom to understand the issue that the person talked to me. And not only that, give answer by the wisdom of God. You may not have to say 100 sentences. You just say two sentences by the words of wisdom. Boom. The problem resolved. Because you depend on the supernatural wisdom of God and who gives you the wisdom to handle things? The Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 11 verse 2 describe the Holy Spirit who filled Jesus Christ while He was on earth. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on Him. The Spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The Spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, 
you fear the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When you fear the Lord, you dare not sin. You don't want to get involved with evil things. You don't want to do your own things. You are not rebellious against God. You will say, God, okay, you say right, I say right. I'm not going to do my own things because I have the fear of God. That's why we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that we have the fear of God. Amen? And then we can have the wisdom from God, the spirit of wisdom and understanding. When I read the Bible, I always hook up to the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit, give me supernatural understanding of what the scriptures say. One by one, one verse at a time. I depend on the Holy Spirit to guide me, to show me. But I can get that wisdom only when I fear God. That I will not cheat God or do anything to make God unhappy with me. I will not, because when I cheat God, when I do, I live in sin, I do bad stuff, rebellious against God, I quench the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. There are three words in the Bible against the Holy Spirit. One verse is, Grieve the Holy Spirit. You can grieve Him when you sin. And I tell you, uh, one time I went to a lawyer house on Mercer Island. And these are lawyers and doctors. And one preacher from Colombia came and she began to share in Spanish language with some translation. While I was listening to her, suddenly the Holy Spirit touched me in front of all these doctors and lawyers, I feel so embarrassed actually. Because I was the only Asian that all the rest are American. And I began to cry like a baby. Cry, not quietly cry out loud. Oh, on the couch. And I, I said, I don't know why I cry. I, I feel so embarrassed that why Holy Spirit touched me and I have to cry like this. And all the, this doc and lawyer look at me, oh, this doctor, this neurosurgeon is crazy. At that time, I didn't understand until I finished crying for maybe half an hour. And then I asked God, why did I cry? I have no reason. I'm happy. My wife is good. My kids are good. I am happy with my church. I don't lack any money. Why I have to cry? And he began to tell me, I cry because I am grieved by Thai people who worship idols. Could you please preach the gospel to Thai people in Thailand? They need Jesus. Right away, I see that when people sin against God, they grieve the Holy Spirit. The second word, not only grieve. Number two, resist the Holy Spirit. Number three, quench the Holy Spirit. This is the reason why I don't want to sin against God. I don't want to play game. I want to be a real Christian because the last thing I want to do in life is to grieve, to resist, and to quench the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. Have you ever had this feeling inside you? When you see some friend in a church start to sin against God and keep rebelling against God, and you begin to feel something inside you like grief, like so sad. Oh, why did she do that? Why did he do that? And you feel the grief, that is not your grief. It's a grief of the Holy Spirit on the inside because he was so grieved by that person's sin and rebellion, and stubbornness, and stiff neck. We don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. If you want more of the Holy Spirit inside you, you need to surrender to Him. You need to really follow Him. 
and let him work in you so that you will not make a big mistake. Jesus is our good example. Jesus was, was birthed coming into the world by the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit and he has the Holy Spirit in him since he was a young boy, since he was born. Look at what the Bible say. Luke chapter 2, verse 40. Actually, I want to put our name in there because Jesus said, why don't you become more like me? I want to put the name. And the child grew. Maybe I put the name. And Chiren grew. And Alicia grew. And Ja grew. And became strong. And he or she was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. Do you want God to talk about you that way? Do you want God to look at you? Wow, this person grows spiritually. Oh, your kids, your teenager kids are growing and become strong and they're filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with wisdom and the grace of God is upon your kids. Do you want that? Or you don't care? How many people want this scripture happen to you? If you don't raise hand, what does it mean? Okay, you don't want it. Okay, I understand now. Luke chapter 2, 46 to 47. After three days, they found him in the temple. At that time, Jesus was only eight years old. Temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. Jesus was so full of wisdom and the Spirit since he was a young boy. We want to be filled with the Spirit of God and with the wisdom of God. When you study about the life of Jesus carefully, throughout his life, when he talked, when he answered questions, when he deal with the situation, you can see that this man, Jesus, actually he's God and man. He was so full of wisdom of God. He had supernatural understanding supernatural wisdom. He can read. He can tell what's going on. He has a word of knowledge. He is so good in understanding and walking in the wisdom of God. For example, Matthew chapter 9, verses 4 to 5. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? He has the wisdom. When he listens to people talk, he look at the eyes, he listen to the tone of voice, the wisdom tell him, wow, these people are evil. They have a evil thoughts. He can tell. He is full of wisdom. Matthew 13, 54. Coming to his hometown, he began teaching the people in their synagogue and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers they ask. Even the Jewish people around him listen to Jesus, watching Jesus. They say, wow, this man is full of wisdom. I want husband in this room to be full of wisdom. How you can relate to your wife. What you talk to your wife. Somebody amen there. 
Only one man, amen? How about the rest of the husband? I want to warn the husband. Don't use your flesh to treat your wife. Don't think that because I'm the head of the household, I'm going to say whatever I want. I'm going to yell at you. I'm going to demand you. No, walk in grace. You are the head. It means God gives you big responsibility. You need to lead your family to the way of God. It doesn't mean you use authority to abuse your wife and your kids. It doesn't mean that way. It means you lead them to God. You are the leader. Lead people to God. Not abuse your wife and your kids. And I want to encourage all the husband and all the daddy in this room. When you talk to your kids, talk with wisdom. You stay quiet and listen. Listen to God. You're going to say something, let God give you words of wisdom. Don't use your flesh. Don't use your intellect. Just stay calm. Listen to God. Hook up to the Holy Spirit. Can you walk like that 24-7? Will you? From now on? When you talk to your boss, when you talk to your customers, they come into your shop, want to have a nail. Can I do your nail? One nail. Not nails. There's a joke in the YouTube. <laughs> nail or nails. When you talk to your customer, you need to have wisdom from God. That's the reason why when I was practicing, a lot of patients came to me. They went to see many opinions. And when they came to my office, they want to stay with me because I talk to them with the wisdom from God. And they like me. Everyone you talk to, every dealing you have, you hook up to the Holy Spirit. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. Talk to your employees, employers, your CEO, your manager, people around you, your customer. Even when I got into deposition with lawyer, I, I got another call now for deposition for my patient. One of the reasons the lawyer loved me, sent a lot of patients to me because they know when I got into the court case and gave the position, I used the wisdom from God to speak. And this lawyer loved it because I did not just speak for myself. I listened to the voice of God and I speak wisdom to protect my patient who get into the car accident. So you need to use wisdom all the time. Amen? More wisdom? Luke chapter 2 verse 52 the Bible in the book of Luke talk about Jesus' wisdom two times. This is the second time. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Oh, should we change the name? And Neil, Larry, Mary Jo, David, Monifal, and who else want the name in there? Do you want the name in there? You think that should be your lifestyle? And your name, grow in wisdom. Every year, you have more Holy Spirit in you. You have more wisdom in you. And stature, and in favor with God and men. You want more favor from God and from men? You need the Holy Spirit. Amen? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19. Pray also for me. You look at what Apostle Paul? Apostle Paul is a great apostle. So anointed. So fruitful. But look at what he say here.
pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me who gave him words, the Holy Spirit from heaven, from the Father. The Father gave him word through the Holy Spirit so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Paul said, pray for me that when I open my mouth, I will speak wisdom, the understanding of God. When I preach the gospel, what I say is full of wisdom, not a dumb saying, but so full of understanding and wisdom. Pray for me. Is that your prayer too? That whenever you open your mouth and speak about God, ooh, people get like, oh, how did you know that? Wow. Oh, so good. You speak the wisdom from God. Amen? Amen. We want to live that way. And how can we live that way? We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we need to pray and ask God to give us more wisdom. We need to live in the fear of God. James chapter 1, verse 5. If any one of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives you generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Let me ask this question. How many times should you ask God for wisdom in your life? How many times? Ten times? Hundred times? One thousand times? How many times? All the time. Constantly. Ask God for wisdom in every dealing of your life. Really, ask God for wisdom. Today we are in a society of scam. You have to be careful. A lot of scam out there to get your money. You need the wisdom from God so that you will not be cheated. The devil come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. You need the wisdom to discern, to understand what's going on. We need to really hook up to the Holy Spirit all the time. This is a supernatural wisdom from God. Supernatural, beyond human level. You need the wisdom in every dealing, every decision, every response of your life. Can we live that way? Should we live that way? How many people say, I'm going to live that way? I'm going to depend on the wisdom from God all the time. Amen? Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. If you want more wisdom, you ask God, you feel with the Holy Spirit, and you have the fear of God in your heart. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Proverbs 15, 33. The fear of the Lord teaches a man wisdom. We need to fear God. When you fear God, you read the Bible. The Bible says something, yes, Lord, I do it. I study the Bible every day. And I learn something new every day from the Bible. This morning, I learned something new from the Bible too. And when I learn it, I say, yes, Lord, I'm going to practice what I learned. I have the fear of God in my heart. And actually, the more I yield to the Bible, I yield to what God say in the Word because I fear God, I notice I have more wisdom because the Bible, the Word of God is a source of wisdom. He show you what to do, the wisdom in there. 
you follow what the Bible say. You yield because you fear God. You don't want to sin against God. You don't want to be stubborn and rebellious against God. So you have more wisdom from God. What to do? What to say? Amen. Amen. Everyone say the spirit of wisdom. Let me read a little bit more. Jeremiah 32, 39-40. Before I read that, let me ask this question. How many people want to be blessed? Raise your hand up. How many people want to have life? Raise your hand up. How many people want to have death? How many people want to be cursed? No? Okay. You want to be blessed? How can you be blessed? What is the key to be blessed? How you can walk in the blessing? What the Bible say? If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. The Bible say in the book of Deuteronomy, when you obey the command of the Lord, you shall be blessed. You shall be blessed in the city. You will be blessed out of the city. You will be blessed in the morning and evening. You shall be the head, not the tail. Your enemy come against you one direction. They will flee from you seven directions. You shall be blessed and the nation will look at you and say, wow, they're blessed. Even though you came from Vietnam, the American people look at you and say, whoa, these Vietnamese people are blessed. And what is the key to get blessed? Obey the Lord. But in reality, it's so hard to obey God because God's command is not easy to do and it's against our human nature, our flesh. Jeremiah chapter 32, 39 to 40 is a promise of God. He wants us to be blessed, so He helps us to obey Him. I will give them singleness of heart and action so that they will always fear me. When you fear God, you obey God. So God said, I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to come in. This is about revival, actually. Revival is about Holy Spirit come in you. Change your heart. Purify your heart. Touch your heart. Clean your heart. That you can have singleness of the heart. So that you can fear God for their own good. And I like this sentence and the good of their children after them. How many people love your children? Raise your hand up. Do you want your children to be blessed? The key is that you obey God and it's good for you. And not only that, the blessing will go down to the thousand generations. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. What is the everlasting covenant? If you love God, you obey God, you shall be blessed. And your children to the thousand generation shall be blessed. I will never stop doing good to them. Oh, I like that sentence. You want God to say to you, I will never stop doing good to you. You want that? Never stop. You want God to stop? To do good for you? No. No. Do you want God to continue to do good to your children and grandchildren? Okay. I will never stop doing good to them and I will inspire them to fear me. The Holy Spirit come in to move in our heart to fear God. 
How can we know a person really in revival? True revival. When that person fear God and want to obey God and do the will of God, that is true revival. Not just hallelujah, ho 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 ho, like this. Oh no, not just shaking. No, the outcome of revival is that God, the Holy Spirit, come in. The fire of God comes in and touch your heart. That's why you know when God touch you, you have two choices. Get out of here. Sometimes when I lay hand, I notice people like, "Don't touch me." Then God cannot do anything because He's a gentleman. You need to surrender and let God come in to perform cardiac surgery on you. Cardiac mean heart. Heart surgery. Come in and just let Him just cut this and cut that off and put good things in you and change your heart. So that you have the heart of the fear of God, and you love God, and you want to obey God, and you shall be blessed, and He will do good to you, and He will do good to your children. Wow, I like revival, so that they will never turn away from me. Okay, that is the promise of God. More, not enough. Ezekiel eleven nineteen to twenty. These are all promise of God. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. Man, basically, he's gonna put the Holy Spirit in your heart and change your spirit to be a new spirit. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decree. When I was born and growing up in a Chinese home, I have the old heart in me. I was growing up in a home that. It's all about money and personal benefit. I was a selfish man. Pastor Dan knew very well. I growing up that way, very selfish, very, very uh, small heart. I don't want to give to anybody. I only take, 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 take. But God came into me and changed my stony heart into the heart of flesh. And now I follow God's decree. I want to give my time, my energy, my money. I want to be giver. I want to love God and serve God, to keep His law. And they will be my people, and I will be their God. This is a result of revival. The Holy Spirit comes in to change your heart. I don't know about you. I don't want fakey revival. I want true revival. I want God to come in and change my heart. My heart is softened and obey God. Not selfish anymore. Not greedy anymore. Not dishonest anymore. I want to be real to God. You thought, oh, pass allow only two passages of Scripture. Number three, witness two to three witnesses. Ezekiel thirty six twenty six to twenty seven. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit in you and move you, move in the inside, to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Thank God. I pray the revival will happen in your home. 
revival will happen to the old believers in this room who have been with me for a long time. Get used to my style. Get used to the laying on of hand. Oh, another Friday night. Okay, lay hand on me. Walk out, the same man. Never change. Just another tradition. I ask God to move in America to touch young people. That you will fear God, you love God, you banana for God, you just fall in love with God, you just oh, love God so much. I know that it's happening in Thailand right now. Actually, this Sunday, I'm going to show you the picture of revival service in Thailand. About six pictures, five pictures. You're going to see the people sit on the floor in front of the room. Hundreds of people wait to be laid hand on. They wait for three hours, four hours to be touched by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to show you a picture this Sunday. My brothers and sisters, we need revival. We need the touch of the Holy Spirit. So when you come to be prayed for, you love yourself. You love God. You love your children. You love your wife. You want to be the blessing to them. You want the blessing to go down to the thousand generations. You don't want to pass the curse to your children. You want to have wisdom so that you will not fail and make wrong choices all the time and get into big trouble. You want God's wisdom. Not only that, you want God to not stop doing good to you. Not only to you, but your children. So you say, God, I need revival. I need the touch of God. I need the Holy Spirit to change me. I don't want to be the old person. The old man has to be gone. I want to die to the old way. My old culture, my old way have to be gone. I need a new heart. The stony heart must be get rid of. And I want to be changed inside me. God, I'm hungry. I'm desperate. I tell you the truth. The reason I got into revival in 1996, because at that time, I was at the verge of divorce. I was not a good husband. My wife suffered so much, even though I was a pastor, but I was not a good man. At that time, I came to the point that God, I cannot change myself. I need help. I knelt down, I never forgot. I knelt down in one pastoral meeting and said, God, I need help. Touch me and change me. That happened in Bangkok, Thailand. After that prayer, a few months later, I went to Portland, Oregon. There was a revival service. When the preacher called, who want to be prayed for, those who are pastor and evangelists come out here. I grabbed the hand of Pastor Da and ran to the front. I was number two. Even though I have short legs compared to American pastor, I ran faster than them. <laughs> pastor Da had to follow me. And I was number two in the line. And when the evangelist laid hand on me, the Holy Spirit touched me. I fell under the power. He began to give me a new heart. He began to move in me and change me according to what we read a while ago in Jeremiah and Ezekiel. Revival changed my heart. I began to have more faith and obey God. Revival happened to me. And after that, God said to me, you must not let revival go. You need to keep revival all the days of your life until you die. Don't be in religion, in tradition. Keep revival. So I promise God, this is nasty, I'm sorry. I promise God. Egyptian way. I promise God. This is Nazi way. This is Egyptian way. American way. God, I promise you, as long as I live, I will keep revival in my life. And then God spoke to me one more thing before I lay hand here. He said that 
revival starts from the top. If the pastor is not in revival, the church will not be in revival. If the husband is not in revival, the family will not be in revival. Revival starts from the top down. Go down. Husband, daddy, could you please, for the sake of your wife and your children, repent. Let God deal with you. Operate on you. Change. Surrender. Let him touch you. Operate on you. Don't fight. Don't come to the prayer line as a hypocrite. Yeah, yeah, okay, pastor, if I don't come out to be prayed for, you may be mad at me. I come out anyway. So what? Hey, lay hand. Bye-bye. You will not be in revival if you come as a tradition. You need to be desperate like the 120 people in the upper room. You need to be willing to repent, willing to change, willing to allow God to really transform you. You don't want to be the same again. After the service, you walk out, you are a new person by the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't come to the prayer line as a tradition. Sure, sure. Lay hand. Okay. Good. Bye-bye. I'm done. No, desperate. I was so desperate when I first got into revival. I tell you, I was so desperate. I would stand in front of the, the stadium, thousands of people. I would stand out there before the service two hours, three hours to wait in a line to get in so that I can get to the front seat. Spend money flying to many places to get touched by the Holy Spirit. I was so serious about change. I don't want to be the same man again. I have not arrived. I want more. I don't want to be the same pastor Lao. I want God to change me. You need to have that desperation. But unfortunately, revival happened only in a small group of Christians. Not every Christian is interested in revival because they still want to live in the flesh and do their own thing. They don't want the Holy Spirit. I'm glad that our church welcome the fire of God. Yeah. Amen. When God changed your heart and you start to obey and do the right thing, you will be blessed. Your children will be blessed. You shall see victory and favor. You are willing and obedient. You shall eat the good of the land. One of the big enemies of revival is spirit of religion. Sometimes it's hard to get all believers from religious church to get into revival because they have the spirit, demonic spirit of religion against the Holy Spirit, against the laying on of hand, against the move of God. And no, 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 I'm fine. I go to church every Sunday. But actually, if you study the Bible carefully, in the early church, in the book of Acts, the disciples were in revival. They were touched. They were changed by the Holy Spirit. They welcomed the Holy Spirit. Don't follow religion. This is not about religion. Religion will blind you not to see the things of the Spirit. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. How many people say, I want to change? I want a heart of flesh, not a heart of stone. How many people say, I repent? I need God to help me. Amen? Amen. So when you get prayed for tonight, forget about people around you. Don't focus on them. It's between you and God. You just focus on God and let God deal with you. It's your personal time with God. Let God touch you. If your makeup is gone, your false eyelash fall off, that's okay. You can put a new one again later on. If you cry to the point that your makeup all gone from your face, that's okay. 
Not a big deal. Let God touch you. Yield to Him. Amen. Again, this is between you and God. I cannot force you. I need the touch of God, and I pray that you want to be touched by God. And when God touch you, one more thing, I want to talk to you. Don't hurry to get out of His presence. Let Him finish His work. I notice people who don't understand this subject. When I pray for them, they cry a little bit, and in a couple minutes, get out. Go to food now. I, I need. I need some snack now. I need some drink. Oh, too long, too long. I tell you, the longer he touch you, the more you allow him to minister to you, the more change. Don't hurry to get out. Just let him minister to you until he say it's over for that day. Don't hurry. Don't hurry to get out. Get up and walk away. Be hungry. Amen. Amen. Let me ask this question: If I have a lot of cash in my pocket here, and I hand to you one hundred dollars, and you know that I have more. Will you hurry to leave me? <laughs> If you stay longer, I may um, have mercy, keep you more, give you more. Is that right? The same thing with God. You stay longer, He can give you more. Don't hurry. Let God touch you. The more of Holy Spirit, the more for you, the better for you. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why God loves the hungry. When you're hungry, you keep staying until you're full. Praise God. Amen. Father, thank you, Lord, for explaining to us, Lord, the importance of being filled, being ministered by, being revived, touched, changed, transformed by the Holy Spirit. You send the Holy Spirit to us to be our helper, to be. The source of power and wisdom and obedience and a new heart. We thank you, Father. Help us, Lord, to stay in revival, to enter into revival, into the touch of God. We don't want to be the same, Lord. And we know, Lord, when we welcome your glory, just like the house of Obed Edom, when he welcomed the Ark of the Covenant, the whole household was blessed for three months. Until King David could not tolerate anymore, and he went there to the house of Obed Edom to take the Ark of the Covenant, the glory of the Lord, back to Jerusalem. Lord, we want to welcome your glory, the presence of God into our life, and we know when you comes and stay with us, it will come with wisdom, will come with blessing, good things for us and for our family, Lord. We thank you so much, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Forgive me, Lord. I'm a prideful man, living in flesh the best I can. Save me. เราหวังเป็นอย่างยิ่งว่าคําสอนนี้จะเป็นพระพรต่อชีวิตส่วนตัวและงานรับใช้ของท่านหากท่านต้องการข้อมูลเพิ่มเติมเกี่ยวกับคิดจักรของเราหรือขอข้อมูลเกี่ยวกับคำสอนในชุดอื่นๆกรุณาติดต่อเราได้ที่หมายเลขโทรศัพท์206 275 1042หรือ086 688 9940ในประเทศไทยท่านยังสามารถรับฟังและดาวน์โหลดคำเทศนาได้เองผ่านทางพอดแคสต์ด้วย iTunes เข้าไปดูวิธีการได้ที่เว็บไซต์ www.newhope.org หรือเขียนจดหมายมายัาง New Hope International Church 10808 South East 28 Street Bellevue Washington 98004สหรัฐอเมริกา
รือท่านสามารถดาวน์โหลดแอปของ New Hope International Church ใน Android Phone หรือ iPhone ท่านอาจฟังคำสอนได้ใน w w w s o u c l o u d c o m โดยพิมพ์ชื่อวรุณเลาหะประสิทธิ์